Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cold Feet Podcast. Join our journey as we interview people in this cold plunge and we delve on the adventure of holistic health, athletic development, barefoot education, washing the norm, and so much more. So dive in, grab a hot cocoa, and enjoy the episode. Before we start our podcast episode, we would like to give a brief shout out to our podcast sponsors. Most shoes harm your mobility by over-restricting your foot's natural movement. With the Ursus from Barefoot Athletics, a shoe designed with minimal restrictions, your feet can move the way nature intended, so you can move with more confidence and strength in every step. Barefoot Shoes was founded by Chris Duffin, who attributes proper foot biomechanics as foundational to his success in squatting and deadlifting over 1,000 for reps. He created Barefoot Shoes to provide a minimal shoe designed for strength athletes. Go to barefoot.shoes slash TBSR to check out the Ursus and you can save 10% with the code TBSR10 to purchase the strongest minimalist shoe available. As a gym owner, I usually lift barefoot. When I can't lift barefoot, I love lifting in my barefoot shoes for both the health benefits of lifting barefoot and the increased ground feel I have in all my lifts. You don't need supplements to build muscle, lose fat, and get healthy, but the right ones can help. That's why over 350,000 fitness folk have chosen Legion. Well, that and their 100% natural products, their clinically effective ingredients and doses, and their no-hassle money-back guarantee. I've been following Michael Matthews, the CEO of Legion Athletics Journey, since 2012, and I am super duper impressed with their supplements. They have a wide variety of everything from protein powders, pre-workouts, post-workouts, omega-3s, and bundles. And you can save a whooping 20% with the discount code HABER, H-A-B-E-R. So just log in to legionathletics.com, and the discount code is HABER for 20% off. Earthrunners are some of my favorite minimalist sandals. Earthrunners were created to rewild our lives in response to the typical modern domesticated lifestyle, which is causing numerous health, psychological, and social issues. Through rewilding and grounding, we aim to bring stronger, healthier, and more resilient individuals and communities back to our society. If you're not familiar with grounding, grounding is exposing your bare feet or body to the earth beneath you. And if you're unable to do that, you can ground with sandals like Earthrunners with their unique copper plug and copper laces. Grounding has a huge display of benefits such as reducing inflammation, improving sleep, and improving happiness. So you can check out Earthrunners at earthrunners.com and you can use our discount code of TBSR10 to get 10% off. Gorgeous view here on the Mayan. It's December, it's freezing, and Sean Fit for Life and I oh, are out here in, nature. in the Mayan! Nice oh, so cold. This is a Sean Fit for Life. You're not on camera. You're not on camera. No, we're not. <laughs> You're not in the mic. You want to get in here, dude? Yeah. That first shot yeah. is like a slap to the face. Oh my god, if I had, if I had... Let it go! Okay. Okay, breathe. How are we with... Breathe. Oh, this is colder. 
Then you're quite there. <sighs> okay, you're getting ready to something. Okay, three, two, one. Let's go to our next. Yeah? Okay. Three, two, one. Hey guys, it's Sean Fit for Life, and welcome to the Cold Feet Podcast. It's not just cold feet, it's cold body. Today we have on our show one of the coolest women I know. I'm going to allow her to introduce herself. Katie, can you please go ahead? Absolutely. One second, stop shivering. Take deep breaths into your stomach and deep breaths out. Don't focus on the cold, focus on the camera. Take it away. And on you, okay. All right, my name is Katie, Katie Jenkins. I'm from Missouri. I'm a... An Ole Harasha, a new citizen to Israel from Missouri, from the States. I moved to Israel about four years ago. I joined the Army. I was a female warrior in the Canaan Special Operations Unit, Sting or Oket. I served there for almost three years. I just got out of the Army a year ago in January, and now I'm working and studying in Jerusalem. That's me. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on our show today. <laughs> I want to thank you, the viewers, for giving us feedback on the previous podcasts. And Due to some annoying logistical restrictions, such as construction noise or Charlie barking, and other logistics, just the fact that both of us weren't in the bath, and I felt, why shouldn't my interviewee, if that's a word, be suffering, and I'm just like chilling on my stool, enjoying the warmth. So I'm like, I'm gonna go freeze my butt off with Katie here today. And yeah, that's it. So I thought, what do I turn to when everything goes sour? What do I do? And I'm like, oh my God, nature. Nature is quiet, it has no construction noises, there's for sure some cold freaking pool in the middle of the winter, so that brings us here today. So, I'm your host, I'm Sean Fit for Life, and one of the privileges I have is I work with a lot of IDF soldiers that are about to draft, many of them females. In addition to that, I also work with Team Israel uh, flag football for women, which gives me the opportunity to work with many female athletes as well, and that's what we're going to be breaking down today. So first off and foremost, controversial question, and me and Katie are gonna discuss it. Should women serve in combat roles? Yes, no, and why? Yes, no, maybe when. So One second, take a deep breath in. We have to go back down to our neck, we're cheating. Oh my God. Deep breath in. This is cold. As Wim Hof would say, oh, so cold. deeply in. Let it go. And now we're done. Take it away. You're, so the question Sean asked was whether I believe or I think that women have a place to serve in, in combat positions in the army. And as a woman that served in the army in a combat position and teaches women to do the same thing, 100% yes. 100% yes. And those that say that women shouldn't, yeah, it's a complicated question and there's a lot of reasons why no and why yes. But to say that women shouldn't or they don't or they can't succeed is it's to take thousands of years of history and just throw it out the door. Um, lady... Fu Hao from the Shang Dynasty in China, like the 1200 BC, something like that. Um, she was one of the one of the king's 64 wives, and she was a military general, and she was over at, at several points in her life over 13,000 soldiers. She would go into military um, into military uh, missions. She led her men in the battle. She she was 100 a woman in combat. She was or, like a modern day Mulan. 100, yeah, Mulan. I think I think Mulan might have been based on her too. Joan of Arc. All these women in history that. They were in combat, they did fight, that broadsword style, like, there's there's so many women to take in history as an example of why women can and should. Um, and there's a lot of concerns about the athletic ability and the mental capacity and how it affects the men that are serving with them. All questions to take into, into account, but in general, of course I would lean towards yes, women should serve in combat. Of course. Of course, of course. Thanks. As a strength and conditioning coach who works a lot with female athletes, there's a big problem in the military. And the problem is every single sport in the world has a men's quota category. 
and a female category. So let's say powerlifting, a marathon, Olympics, doesn't matter, sports, soccer, football, there's men and women and are divided separately because men and women are genetically different. <laughs> he takes a step away from I'll me. Wait, you can't splash me. <laughs> If you're already wet, I can't splash you. Men and women are born different. Men have higher growth hormone and testosterone levels. At least most men. Obviously, there's some, you know, flukes. And that naturally makes men stronger in most cases. Now, that doesn't mean men are better. Didn't say that. Don't record it. It just means that men will naturally be stronger and more fit and be a little bit faster than women in most cases. And I don't think anyone disagrees. I don't disagree with you. Of course. That's just science. But there is a difference between being equal and just different but right. everyone everyone brings something to the table and just because uh, you might not be at the same um, uh, starting at the same starting point that doesn't mean that you can't do the same thing uh, or achieve it in your own in your own way we're definitely equal in fact you're probably even better than me oh, so. but just strength wise and the problem with the military is that if I'm a soldier me being serving an elite unit as well and I need to defend my country. I don't care if you're a dude, if you're a girl, if you identify as a train station. I need you to be able to function. That means you need to be strong enough to carry your 80 kilo friend. That means you need to be fast enough to crawl fast enough to go under bullets. That means you need to be able to function like a combat soldier. And if someone is genetically inferior, if someone is born with less hormones that help them build muscle and strength, it causes a very big issue. Do you agree with that? I do. Sean, take yes. a deep breath. Was I shivering? You are, but it's got to feel like... I'm, <laughs> I'm such a hypocrite. I have guys sitting in my hypocrite. bath, like, shout out to David Mimosha, who sat 70 minutes in the cold, so... Major shout out. Good good job, guys, because this is, uh... And this is, this is I'm, I'm letting you guys know, this is December right now. This is absolutely freezing. And Avram from last week, he actually did 40 minutes, so maybe we'll break his record. Kudos. Maybe we'll Shuffle. do somewhere Shuffle. in between. Anyways, back to topic. And that causes a big dilemma. So my specific opinion on women in combat, especially because I train a lot of soldiers trying to get into the unit that Katie was in. Okay, it's the Israeli canine unit. And I believe that every woman, woman has the power and ability. It just makes a lot of talk in here. Every woman has the power and ability to serve in combat and in an elite unit, but she has to work harder than a man to get For there. For sure. Uh, the problem that we're talking about is the conversation is no longer about the, the ability and, and whether they can. The question is whether they should be allowed to, whether they have that right. And I feel like that's where the problem is existing because that right is coming from the perspective of the culture on them. In a different culture, different situation, different time, then it was okay. And not just okay, it was, it was required. We needed every able person. And now that we find ourselves in a different, in a different culture, in a different perspective, different way of looking at women in combat, that's when we say, no, they shouldn't. And I feel like if it, we want to move forward, we got to change that perspective. Totally, totally agree with that point. I really think it's perspective. And I think the, the issue I mentioned about like men versus women is not the issue. No. The issue is there's many women out there who say, or even men, hey, it's not fair. Women should be in combat roles. Of course they should. But it goes back to my first point. Because when someone's defending my country, I don't care about, what's it called, chauvinism? Equal, equalism? Egalitarianism. I don't care about... Egalitarianism. I care about is this soldier capable of shooting the terrorist? Is this soldier capable of pulling a trigger and, and pulling going the trigger and doing what has to be done? So I don't care once again if it's a man or a woman. I don't think that it's fair to stick in the military the egalitarianism and say we're all equal because we're not. No. We're equal 
equal, but we're not, we're born differently. Sure. So that's, a, that's what I wanted to clarify. And that, do you have any other thoughts on that matter? I think that as far as it goes with women in combat, if you can stand up to the standard and get one and, and do what needs to be done, you have the right to say, I would put my life on the line for my country or for the people that I, that I, that are my community, uh, my country. That's your right as a person. And to say otherwise would put so much disrespect on the women that have lost their lives in combat or, or for their country, um, in combat or not in combat positions in the military. So to do their service and to do our, and to do our, our self-service as women, if you feel like you have the, uh, the call to serve, you should have, you should have uh, the right to serve if you can also fulfill the, the requirements to, um, to be in a comfortable position. Totally agree with that point. Uh, Katie, yes. in addition to being uh, a soldier in the elite canine unit in Israel and being the only female the only female warfare instructor in the entire IDF. Uh, second. One, the of, one of the... One of, one of the, the first. There you go. You're also a phenomenal athlete. Thank you. You're strong, you're fit, you're lean, you know how to move, uh, you're coming out to play football, Do you right? know why? Because I train at Sean Fit for Life. That was a nice pleasure. Yeah. Katie fit for life. <laughs> Anyways, so what we're going to speak about now is the difference, me being a strength and conditioning coach, the difference between training males and females. So we already mentioned that males are usually stronger to begin with. But here's some cool facts about women. When it comes to like the main powerlifting lifts, like the squat, the deadlift, the bench press, women usually are going to have much higher ratios of lower body strength. And you, we can read that as higher squat power. Higher squats, higher deadlifts versus their More upper body, power. like pull-ups and bench press. Whereas there's freaks of nature, like Sarah, my beautiful wife, who like benches like one and a half times her body weight and squats her body weight. She's she's insane. She just benches all day every day. Throw it maybe. Well, kind of cut this because <laughs> sure. I, I just I can't have him squeaking in the yeah, podcast. Yeah, no, no, it, it, it's distracting. It, no, it just it won't be a good podcast. The yeah. construction room, my last one. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. He's also shivering. Oh, maybe put his leash on and just walk with him. If there's like a spot of sun, that would be good too. It's getting really dark. Okay. So, let's wait till he's done. Wrap it up in two minutes, yeah. Yeah, we're almost done. Good. So, women naturally have that lower body power. That's number one. Number two, as I said, women do have to work harder, especially when it comes to upper body, to get the gains. So, like, there's many women who just can't do a pull up or push up right away, and they have to work probably double, triply as harder as men, and that's okay. For sure. Come try it. Inside. Inside. <laughs> and number three, working with female and male athletes. Most women who are athletes are a lot more disciplined, a lot easier to train actually because because women have to work so much harder. They're mentally there. In order to get there, they're like ready to roll. Every time I train a woman on the field, it's always a pleasure. With men, it's like they're disrespectful, they're tired, they're lazy. I'm making a general um, sure. <clears throat> picture. That's my concept of male and female. I know you're not a fitness instructor, but do you have any thoughts to add to that? I think what you just said, where because men come with that with that that higher level of um, of starting point, that yeah, deep breath. Because women are are starting a leg behind, we come with that ability to uh, to to build our mental strength. And that's that's our strength. That's that's what we add to the pictures. We're not there um, at the starting point at the same point the men are. So we, we make up for that with having mental toughness. Yeah, 
totally agree with that. I kind of agree with what I said. That's all for today. Anything else you want to add? Uh, yeah, yes. All right, I'm getting out now. Happy holidays. Merry Hanukkah. Thank Hanukkah you for watching, guys. Let us know out. if you want to interview anyone else in future episodes. Stay fit with Joe Beverly. Hey, I'm Sean and I'm the Barefoot Athlete. And I want to welcome you on this six week Barefoot Transition course. Two and a half years ago, we started developing this course and we wanted it to be 12 months long. Why 12 months? Because we felt that if you just spent dozens of years in cushioned shoes, you can't transition that quickly. Realizing that 12 months is not sustainable, we shortened it to six weeks. And in these six weeks, you're gonna dive into foot, knee, ankle, hip, shoulder mobility. You're gonna dive into calf, ankle, knee, hip strengthening. You're gonna learn how to take care of your feet, how to release them with tons of soft tissue work. After the first phase is over, after the three weeks are done, your pain is gone, your knees, your hips, your feet are feeling great, ready to rumble, move on to the advanced stage. We learn how to land, we learn how to jump, we learn how to produce force and absorb force. Every single week is action-packed with play, fun, challenges to challenge yourself, your friends, your loved ones, and your community. Tons of strengthening, tons of footwork, and we can guarantee you that in six weeks time, you will be much, much closer to being able to fully love life and live life in minimalist footwear. And the best part of it all, you're not limited to six weeks. So if you wanna go back and repeat a phase, you're more than welcome to. So let's go, come along, and enjoy the course.